Welcome to another episode of Encounter, Grow, Witness, our podcast of the Archdiocese of Detroit for and by lay ecclesial ministers. And I'm here with my awesome co-host, the real star of this, uh, Beth <laughs> Spazarni. Beth, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Father Steve? Fantastic. I'm doing wonderful. And we're blessed to have uh, Sandy O'Shaughnessy with us. How are you, Sandy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being out here and coming into our uh, our very fun, at least to me, our podcast oh, yeah. studio is fun. Kind of yeah, some it's pretty art cool in here. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's good to be in person again, right? Like yeah. after yeah. so many things we've had to not be in person, but to be able to see people's smiling faces yeah. and to read the, the cues when I go on too long and start talking <laughs> too long, I can pick up those cues better in person. So uh, glad, uh, glad you're with us, Sandy. Yeah. Um, Beth, you know, we were thinking about... Yeah. Uh, we're on the cusp of spring. Yeah, almost. I hope <laughs> it's almost it's almost here. I think it's coming. Yeah, yeah. And we, we were talking about what's the best month of the year in Michigan. I got thoughts, but right. I wonder. Mm. I, I can go first, but I want to kind of put it to you. Well, your favorite today, month since and why it's is it springtime? I'll probably it's not February. <laughs> it's not February. February is not my favorite month. Um, today I'm going to say June. Because okay. it feels like the end and the beginning of something new, a moment to reevaluate, dream up a million new things. But most of the year, I'd probably say September. Okay. September is usually my favorite. Okay. But I'm kind of excited for June this year. I thought you said June because that's when my birthday is. Oh, it's I, my birthday. That's what I, it's so my our birthday. birthdays are in June. Yeah. So, that's so my favorite say. month then would be January, but if it's a birthday <laughs> month. But uh, <laughs> right. I'm not going to pick January. Yeah. What is your what favorite? Is yeah, so, um, well, in the summers, we go up north, so okay. I guess I would naturally yeah. lean in that direction, yeah. Yeah. love sunsets along Lake Michigan, mm. but right now, I would also start thinking about spring, and I would mm. I would start thinking about March. March yeah. is a challenging month for me in some yeah. ways, personally. Um, don't mean to go heavy on that, go but, ahead. you know, I've lost some loved ones, mm. you know, in the month of March, Yeah, but... Mm. Just walking in this morning mm. and seeing the hostas popping up out of the ground. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. spring is such a powerful force. Yeah. And it's so um, something to look forward to. Absolutely. When you see the world creation coming up out of the ground, yeah. there's something very um, propelling about that. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, something joyful about that. Yeah. Like, you know, the joy is coming. It's like the fulfillment so, of a promise, right? We it look is. at these dead trees in winter, and yeah. I keep teasing my kids. I'm like, do you think those trees are dead? They're like, no, Mom, they're not dead. I'm like, they look dead. They're, they're dormant. like, they're not dead. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they're going to grow leaves? Look at them. They look yeah. really, really not yeah. alive. But yeah. I love that. Yeah, I do, Spring too. Spring is and a promise. Seeing robins. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. all right. It's coming. Yeah. Keep going. And, you know, here in Michigan, like, I didn't notice this until someone else pointed it out because I've lived here my whole life. We don't get a lot of sun in the winter, right? It gets pretty cloudy kind of yeah, all winter right. long. And so when spring starts to come, the sun comes more. And I think there's so many mm. so many things that come with that. Uh, I think October is my favorite month. I mean, I just mm. love October. I love the fall. Yeah. I love October. It starts to get a little cooler. Um, you, you can know. have that pumpkin spice. Get out of here. Get right? out of it's here with favorite. the pumpkin he spice really nonsense. It. You know, it. it's such Listener, a good month. Send him some. He'd love to receive some. <laughs> it's such a good month that even pumpkin spice nonsense can't ruin it. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, we, we have a pumpkin spice debate. Sandy, oh, you are do? you a pumpkin spice fan? I love flavored creamers. I just do. I, we were just talking about now I have like a shamrock you yeah. know, favorite, you know, flavored nice. creamer. So, yeah, I'm yeah. all about that. Nice. Okay. And the donuts. Well, 
cool. Well, well, I'm not going to fight you on Cider Mill Donuts. (laughs) Like even Ron is giving us the praise hands for the Cider Mill Donuts. (laughs) Uh, But uh, pumpkin spice lattes, uh, I'm glad to say I'm outnumbered here. But, you know, (laughs) Pope Benedict often said that truth is not a majority opinion. So, uh, oh, all right. (laughs) This is when you bring the Pope Benedict. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, mean, (laughs) when it's needed, it's needed. So, Uh (laughs) yeah. Well, Sandy, we're so excited to have you here with us. You know, you're the director of religious education at Our Lady of Good Counsel. And I just know every time I've, I've had a thought or a question, I always pop on your website to see what's happening and what you guys are doing. And then I call you and you're always, so quick to get back to me, which you don't have to be, but I, I'm so grateful for it. And so I was just excited to have the opportunity to have you come in and have a longer conversation with you. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. Oh, this heavens. is great. Um, one of the things that I've always been inspired by in our conversations is when I reach out, you're always like, oh, sure. Oh, well, let's talk about it. Oh, well, let me send you everything I have on that. Which is not <laughs> a, it's not so common, you know? Sometimes we can be more guarded or, yeah. well, I don't know. If I give you my stuff, maybe yeah. you won't use it correctly or... I don't know you, you know, but you've always just been really open to like getting to know me and and sharing whatever you have. And so I just wondered if, you know, if you might be willing to share some of your insights and ideas on how we can collaborate better as a church. Sure. Um, Yeah. So we really want to talk about collaboration today. And I I know, Beth, you know, we've talked about that and that's been something that you are um, kind of really, I, I think, a champion of, which is so great to see. Um, before we dive into that, maybe we can talk a little bit about prayer. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've asked a number of guests this because I think it's a good way to start the conversation is, um, like, what does prayer look like to you, Sandy? You brought your Bible with us, with you today, and it mm-hmm. looks pretty well read and marked up. And, you know, it, it's not... Uh, the, the Bible you pulled off the shelf and dusted off to bring here. It is not. <laughs> right? It it's, is it's alive and well. Yeah, it's pretty well lived in. But uh, yeah, so just maybe if we can ask that big question first, like yeah. sure. what, what does prayer look like for you? Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, that's why I brought my Bible. Yeah. Um, it goes a lot of places that I go. But uh, a religious sister gave it to me oh. uh, several years ago. So it's the Great Adventure Study Bible. Yeah. And I... Love it. And I think for me to amplify my prayer life, when I read this, Jesus's words are written in red. Oh, yeah. And there's something about that jumping off the pages for me. Mm-hmm. So part of my prayer life is living in this uh, yeah. Bible. Um, another thing I do in the morning, there's something about the morning. Yeah. And um, I've heard a few people share the story how if you give him the first fruits of your day there's something about that Mm -hmm. so every morning and again i offer my humble offerings uh sometimes your mornings go haywire and you can't quite dig in right we all know that life happens but if you come over to my house in the morning you're gonna see my bible in my lap and i set my cell phone to 30 minutes and i put my cell phone over to the side So I don't have to think about time, right? I don't have to worry about looking, right, for time passing. I put it over here. And then I just read the readings of the day. I read Old Testament, read all the readings and and the gospel. And then, like you said, Father Steve, um, I write in it. I underline it. I put dates in here. I put birthdays and anniversaries and things I'm doing and, and prayers and all of that. So 
I shared with my husband not that long ago that if I would have gotten hit by a bus yesterday, and I say yesterday because I can't get hit by a bus yesterday, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but if that would have happened, please go pull this out because uh-huh. this is part of, it's my prayer, it's my life that, yeah. that's in here. Um, and then uh, I find myself too, so when I start in prayer, I will light a candle Okay. Um, and in Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, we may talk about that. I don't know. Yeah. Not, today. Not, a, not a pumpkin spice. Not a pumpkin candle. spice. Okay. Good, good, good. good. Just, just. But I thought about that too. <laughs> if there is a certain candle and fragrance that evokes something yeah. in your life, why not light that candle? Yeah. And it's just, you know, Jesus is the light of the world, the light that shines in the darkness. Yeah. Right. So I'll either say that when I light the candle, mm. or, you know, I'm thinking that, right? So yes. I'll. I invite him in, I invite the Holy Spirit in, and I'll just say, come Holy Spirit, yeah. come Lord Jesus. You know, And I might say that a few times when I'm reading and underlining. Mm. Um, another thing that happened some time ago is I actually read Paul's journeys, and, um, and I read some of them out loud. Mm. And uh, someone told me some time ago, too, that our Gospels were meant to actually be read out loud that's how they Mm. were conveyed right because people couldn't read people couldn't write and so 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 when you talk about paul's journeys are you talking about the letters he wrote to the specific churches there i i remember his shipwreck and malta and i'm right um so i'm reading this and as i was reading it out loud i actually got emotional about it so there are times when i will read what i'm reading i'll read it out Nice. loud yeah right yeah. um i just think it hits us differently mm-hmm. uh, when we do that I, that's a great thing i mean i find yeah. myself doing that too sometimes beth have you done that yeah before? I, I i do sometimes it's hard because my kids are awake or they're sleeping upstairs and yeah. if i speak they'll hear me and they'll want things <laughs> <laughs> and i love them but not when i'm praying i want to have just that quiet time yeah. um but yeah i do i like reading it out loud and then I, i'm good at reading things out loud and not paying any attention to the words that i'm saying <laughs> so okay i have to read it again like just in my heart, in my head sure. to really get it. But yeah. I yeah. do. I like to read it out loud too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I I remember some years ago when um, now Archbishop Burns came and he came to our parish day of renewal. Yeah. And he presented on prayer. Yeah. Mm. And he mentioned the prayer of abandonment by mm. Charles de Foucault. Yep. And he said that that is one of the scariest prayers to pray. Mm. Well, that never quite left me. And mm. so now in my prayer life, I've incorporated praying that. I actually mm. have it a card. It's on mm. a card. It's in my Bible. Mm. But um, when I prayed it in the beginning and for the longest time, there's like a negative scary part to pray in that. Yeah. It's mm. like, oh, my gosh, if I completely surrender everything <laughs> to you, uh, something <laughs> bad I'm, is. I'm going to go to Guam. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, please. But then I thought, you know what, when you pray that too, God has and may very well have amazing plans for your life too. There's a whole other positive, amazing side to that prayer. So that's another thing that I've incorporated. Um, And then uh, too, you know, prayer, when we share it, is it's fruit. It can be multiplied. Mm -hmm. So I've also... When people are placed on my heart, mm-hmm. names of people, I will tell them that you were placed on my heart when I was praying 
Yeah. And man, nine times out of 10, that person like needed those mm. prayers. Yeah. yeah. You know, I journal too. So mm-hmm. I have, I call it my joy journal. Okay. Um, oh. I can't say everything in it is exactly joy, <laughs> um, but it's my joy journal. And so I've been doing that for some time. Wow. Um, and then just one more thing I thought of too is, so fasting used to be kind of an away game for me. Okay. I didn't know exactly yeah. how to do it. And so now every once a week, um, I intentionally fast for my children. Mm. And then sometimes I'll pull in others or other circumstances sure. into that. Yep. But um, I also invite our Blessed Mother mm. into my prayer time because she too, for so long, um, she was a little bit, I get Jesus, I get Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. I get God. Yeah. But Mother Mary just seemed out here, and I don't know exactly why, yeah. but I went through a, um, a Bible study, um, immersing um, mm-hmm. myself and uh, in, in our Blessed Mother. And so now I invite her in mm. to that time. So I intentionally mm. fast for my children or mm. for other things, and then I just say, Blessed Mother, join me in my fast. And so mm. now I don't feel that she's so far away from yeah. me. I yeah. feel like she's more elbow to elbow with mm. me Beautiful. as mothers. Yeah. So. That's beautiful. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So that's an awesome yeah. kind of description of, of prayer. Well, Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. God is good. Can you share with us a little bit about collaboration and maybe share a little bit about your role too? Because, you know, as director of religious education, I think you also work with a, a big team there at our yeah. council. Yeah, we have director of evangelization and worship and evangelical charity. And yeah, yeah it's a pretty big team. I yeah. could go on and on and on. Yeah. Sorry if I miss somebody. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think for collaboration, uh, and Beth, you know, because mm-hmm. we've talked about this a little yeah. bit, but so last year we collaborated with our vacation Bible school with mm-hmm. several other parishes that are in our family. And Um, It was a learning curve to be sure. (laughs) So, um, but there's nothing like having more gifts, Mm. more talents, Mm. more ideas. And you see like in the Gospel of Luke that talks about gifts given and shaken down and, you know, poured out that they're, you know, kind of multiplied. And I think that was a beautiful example Mm -hmm. where we saw before our eyes what collaboration can do. You bring all these people together and a lot of ideas and it was amazing. Yeah. And and this was during the, the, you know, the pandemic. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, but our church was really alive with that VBS. You know, there were a lot of awful things with the pandemic, for sure. You know, lots of people who lost their life and lots of challenges. Mm -hmm. I I think there were graces if we have eyes to see it. And I think you're pointing to some of that, that it did open Mm -hmm. up opportunities for people to collaborate, work together, think about new ideas Mm -hmm. in ways that we just wouldn't have been open to yeah. in other, it in other our, ways. Our, it's definitely stopped our rhythm of we've always done it this way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, it, it. you know, my sense, I felt this way at the archdiocese and talking with certain people. You know, it did break us down that like none of us knew what to do <laughs> during that time. <laughs> yeah. So we were a little bit more open to sharing ideas, sharing gifts and um, being a little less uh, um What's the controlling is the wrong word, but a little bit less possessive of this is exactly how I want to do it. Did you find that or do you see that as a grace kind of in these post pandemic, you know, or post deep pandemic uh, months here in uh, kind of the 
the the spring of 2022? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Unleash the Gospel gives us permission to think outside the box mm-hmm. and to do different, to try different. Yeah. So I do think that's one of the graces. And it's interesting. We had a just a small catechist retreat uh, a few days ago, and that was actually how we began. So before we even began our content, mm-hmm. yeah. we unpacked the gifts and the graces of the pandemic yeah. and then the challenge of challenges yeah. of yeah. the pandemic. So and some things we put on both sides of the board, <laughs> like Zoom was a grace. We could be together when yeah. we actually couldn't be together. Yeah. Well, Zoom was a challenge. Yeah. Um, Online learning, well, that was a, a grace in many ways, but also a huge yeah. challenge. Yeah. So I think we've now learned some things that, you know what, we wouldn't have learned otherwise. And now we've learned, well, maybe we should kind of keep doing this because mm-hmm. it enriched something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, gifts and graces and, and challenges of the pandemic. We could probably talk a lot about that, right? Yeah. That could be a whole other show. Let me ask, and this is for both of you. I feel like I'm like in the interviewer seat now and oh. just asking the two of you. You're both in very large parishes mm-hmm. and collaborating with parishes that are not as large, mm-hmm. right? Um, what is it like from that perspective to acknowledge kind of the gifts and different perspectives that kind of the different parishes bring um, being, you know, one of the, being, you know, at Shrine and OLGC, two of the larger parishes mm-hmm. in the archdiocese. Is that, uh, I'm sure that presents its own, you know, gifts and challenges as well. But um, mm-hmm. how has that been kind of helpful for mm. for your parishes in collaborating with, with neighbors in, in different ways than you would have in the past? Yeah, well, um, I think our Vacation Bible School is a great yeah. example of so, that. Yeah, so tell and, us a little you know, bit about what that was. Yeah, how did that come to be? Um, so it came to be that the, the the parish that typically hosted a huge Vacation Bible School, um, they couldn't use the facilities mm. that they usually used. Okay. So they went searching for, well, now where can we host right. our BBS? And so because, like Father yeah. Polis, like you said, we're, we've got pretty... They found you. <laughs> they yeah. found us, right? We're you got just room. down the street. We got, got room. room. Yeah. Awesome. And so that's really what prompted that. Mm. And so that began it. And, you know, we're not, we we have still to go into our wave. We're not in our wave yet. Yeah, so, so you're wave two. So we're you're, wave two. You're doing so some early do, collaboration, Exactly. Right? We thought, we're like pilgrims in this. <laughs> we're doing this ahead of the, ahead so of the wave. But, yeah, um, yeah. and I think... Uh, you know, you have to have um, patience. Yeah, there are charisms, gifts, and talents, and ways of being at parishes yeah. that are different from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think if you approach it with an open heart and listening and learning, and uh, it's not all about how we do things. Yeah. It's Lord Jesus. How can we all come together to make this great? Yeah, mm-hmm. then I think. You know, great things can happen. Yeah, challenges. Okay, we all get that. Yeah. Like, right. I remember hearing a while ago, um, "Let us not pursue perfection, but mm. excellence." Nice. Okay. And so I think we I can like be yeah. on the pathway to that. Yeah. So, I like it. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Well, we're a wave one parish, but we might be more of a wave two parish. We're just going a little, you know, just every, sure. I'm sure every family is different, mm-hmm. um, obviously. So uh, you're like wave 1.5. <laughs> there you go, 1.5. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like it. We're wave 1.5. Uh, and I think one of the one of the strengths of being a larger parish um, in going into family of parishes is that we, uh, collaboration has already been 
a way of life. It's just, it's okay. required to be because you can't do everything yourself in a parish of that size. So in a sense, there's already, there's already so many voices in the room mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that there is kind of a, a necessity of, or an understanding of the importance of listening to all the voices in the room. And I think also going to the dairy down at St. Mary's, who's in our family, she just invited all the faith formation leaders to get together. And so everyone got together and it was, I think the grace for us was just being able to listen to each other and also be in a room and see each other, right? So we're not just thinking about that parish way over there, yeah. but it, that that's that's Donna, <laughs> you know. That's, mm-hmm. You know, so like now we're we're names to each other and people, and uh, I think that the listening, I think, has been the first grace that we're starting to see in yeah. our family. Yeah. yeah, that conversation piece is so important. I'm a political science major before I entered seminary, and I remember mm-hmm. reading about the uh, early compromises in the country, in the United States, when it was, you know, post-revolution uh, coming together and the camps being very far apart. Should the capital be in the South or mm. in, uh, or should it be up in New England? And should it be more central power, more state power, right? All of this. And uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson um, had this personal friendship that allowed them to broker some of these these difficult issues. Mm. Um and that happened because they spent time together and they yeah. socialized together. And I yeah. think, you know, this might feel like a bit of a stretch from what we're talking about, but that's so important with this collaboration of ministry is not everything needs to be functional to say, okay, what decision are we going to come to at the end of this? But like, yeah. we just need to get to know each other and we need to build that trust that we talk about in lots of other ways for evangelization. Mm -hmm. We need to build that with each other if we're going to collaborate and spend time getting to know each other. Of course, praying together as well, right? Uniting our our time to the Lord. Um, But also just like seeing the other person not as a functionary of a different parish or seeing them as a threat to what I had always done or the one who wants to change my world, but to see see the other person as... Um, you know, uh, someone the Lord is using to bring gifts to the church and the Lord is using to bless me as well. And, and, you know, a friend as well, someone that I can grow in relationship with. And I think that's going to be so important as we collaborate, especially with new people, right? In different parishes, as you mentioned, Sandy, who have different histories or different, uh, you know, experiences, even more recent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Like we have to find ways to talk and to get to know each other so that we can start to build the foundation of doing ministry, doing the work of the Lord together. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like, you know, a bunch of strangers in a room trying to come up with a plan. Yeah. 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 And I think in our vicariate and, you know, we DREs, we've been meeting for some time. Right. So we feel already kind of connected Mm -hmm. um, and in that place of listening and and learning and, and, uh, you know, we're comfortable with each other. And and so we've already, we're like, we've already been doing this. (laughs) So um, we're going to, we're going to do well here. So we're excited, you know, Mm -hmm. about what's ahead, but we know there's going to be challenges. Sure. Um, I also got to think too, just about collaboration. So we had a great event in our uh, it's called Connect, um, mm-hmm. our family uh, religious ed offering. Yeah. And uh, we were going to be hosting the rotating shelter, and mm-hmm. then got, that got postponed, and it kind of changed into something else, right, because, yeah. of, mm-hmm. because of COVID. Um, and so we thought, you know what, let's collaborate with our you know, evangelical charity um, director 
and let's still do something. Mm-hmm. We had the date on our calendar, so let's still do, uh, you know, do something. And so we had a wonderful um, offering uh, to our police community Aww. around us. Yeah. And that was such a great event, families coming together. Wow. So I think there's collaboration within our families mm-hmm. and yeah. thinking in that direction. I think there does, uh, uh, you come from a place of humility mm-hmm. that it's not my work or your work. It's mm-hmm. kind of what can we do for his yeah. work, right? Yeah. So I think if you have that place of humility, that's helpful. Um, but also collaboration, even thinking outside the box inside what you've been doing too. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there's great presenters right here in yeah. our own parish. Let's yeah. pull them in. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, we have had some other parishes come to our parish and walk around and see what we're doing and, yeah. you know, meet with them. And so I think that is church. Yeah. Right. When we reach out and we talk to our other brothers and sisters in faith, either in our own parish, either in our, you know, family or across the U.S. Yeah. You know, why not pick up the phone and call? Hey, what are you doing there? Yeah. Um, So uh, that's just wonderful. It's uh, Holy Spirit glue in our church (laughs) bringing us together. Right. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I took a class once. Um, I was initially taking some classes through Siena Heights University, yeah. and the class was titled Ministry Management and Leadership. And mm. I, I, I signed up for the class because it was on the list. I had to take it. And so I showed up the first day and I said, what in the world is this class about? Yeah. And the teacher was like, oh, well, you know, it's about lots of good things. And I was like, okay. So we read. And anyway, at the end of the class, she, she asked me, she's like, so what do you think the class was about? And I was like, I think it was about collaboration. <laughs> she was like, okay, I'll take it. And I remember thinking, like, how could we not know what the class is about? What, set that aside. I did get some really great things about collaboration. And uh, we read through this whole book and had lots of conversations about why we don't collaborate well. And then um, there was a book that talks about the four levels of collaboration. So oh. I'll, I'll give them for you in cases. Oh, yeah. Get your Great. get your pen and paper Wait, out, people. I took the class. I, took no, the class. I, I love I it. I know there was a reason I took Listeners, if you're driving, pull over and take these notes. All right. All right. So the four levels of collaborative ministry are first coexistence, which is just having a common history, some at least some level of membership together, which I think is probably where we've begun yeah. <laughs> coexisting as different churches. Um, then the next would be communication. So at least having some dialogue, right? Sounds like the DREs in your vicary already have that. A lot yep. of DREs, I think, have strong communication. Uh, and then the third would be cooperation. So move towards like cooperating, <laughs> which is <laughs> groundbreaking. Um, and then the last one being collaboration, which would be an ownership of a common mission, a desire to work together and a decision to identify and unite different gifts, mm. which I, I think that's obviously, I think where we're trying to go. Yeah. Um, but I think there's just a lot of things I think that can hold us back um, and a lot that can propel us forward. Right, right. And then I think, you know, we know this, like begin everything in prayer. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, more and more, I think our meetings, you know, we're spending some more time yeah. just really praying together and asking the Lord, all right, yeah. how are we gonna make this great? What are we gonna do? Bring us your wisdom, bring us your guidance. Yeah. So I would add that that's probably maybe the first step. In collaboration, yeah. but it's the it. first step in like everything we do. So Absolutely. nothing new there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that does kind of, you know, obviously remind us, you know, 
prayer is fascinating to me. Like, what is prayer, right? Mm. Conversation with God. But, yeah. like, God knows what we need already. Yeah. So why do we True. pray? Because it stirs up in us a greater desire for those things. Yeah. It stirs up in us a greater trust of him. It builds my relationship with him, right? It helps me think about that God is in my life here and now. And so I don't get distracted with the challenges or, or the the good things of this world as much. And it helps mm-hmm. root myself in him. Um, but it also, like, I think communally praying together, it reminds us all that Christ is at the center mm-hmm. of what we need to do. So when we pray together, you know, it's a yeah. little way to tell us, like, okay, we're, we're coming with our gifts and talents, but they're all at the service, as you mentioned, uh, Sandy, yeah. of what God wants to do here. Yeah. And don't make this about me, Lord. Make yeah. it about what you want to do here. Yeah, beginning with that surrender. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, That's it is. Yeah. I also think, too, the importance of when you pray in community, I think it um, tills in the soil of mm-hmm. your heart to mm-hmm. see the Jesus in those around you. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, there's some emails that you send that you may not <laughs> tell somebody if you're standing right there before them. She's looking at me, listener. She's not looking at Beth or Ron. She's looking right at me as she said this. No, no, no. no. Uh, but uh, but I yeah. I think there that yeah. that just helps to see yeah. Jesus yeah. in each Absolutely. one of us. He loves us. Yeah. He has given us gifts and talents. So yeah. what what can we bring out of all of that too? Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. 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 Um, Sandy, you know, I know at Good Counsel, you've done a lot with um, the Pat Lencioni model of um, of working together of a team. Um, part of that, and for those who don't know, Pat Lencioni is this really, really talented kind of organizational health guy who has a great mm-hmm. heart for the church and helping the church do this well. He does it in a lot of corporate settings as well, but his real heart is for the church and mm-hmm. helping them, helping the, the Catholic Church do it well using all the the gifts of business kind of organizational health at the service of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, But part of that is like mining for conflict Mm -hmm. and finding differences, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Which is totally not, (laughs) you talk about like fasting being in a way game for you. I mean, that that is like (laughs) on a different planet for a lot of people. The the mining for conflict piece, like just, you know, uh, not kind of putting the question to you to answer, but maybe just chewing on it for a minute together. You know, this notion of seeing Christ in the other person, Mm -hmm. but also like being willing to challenge different ideas in love. Right. But like always to say God wants to do something here. And so the Pat Lencioni kind of final part is, are we measuring results? Right? What are we actually mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. for the gospel? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that can be a challenge that we either get too personal, as right. you mentioned, yeah. sure, um, or we run away from it. And, you know, this is pretty advanced level stuff to do that well mm-hmm. in Christ. Um, but, you know, I find conflict done well, builds relationships really mm. strongly, right? It's people who you can disagree with, who can call you out and you can call mm. out on different things or say, I don't know if that's the best idea. Um, I feel like that helps us get to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Beth and I have talked about this a little yeah. bit before. Um, one of the ways I think I can be too strong on it 
And one of the ways I compensate for that is just knowing that I need to apologize a lot afterwards because <laughs> I push them like, hey, I really didn't mean that Because too that much. email that you sent? <laughs> well, I mean, I no. try not to do it in, in passive aggressive ways, <laughs> but you might be poking a, a, a spot there yeah. accurately. Um, but the ability to say afterwards, like, hey, you know, I, I might have gone too far or, or this mm-hmm. might have been too much. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I have a direct question on this, but the whole yeah. idea of like conflict in collaboration yeah. and the humility to say, okay, we want the best idea here. Yeah. We want to find the right way forward. And I know, you know, I don't always do that perfectly. So maybe I push too much and then I have to say, hey, I, I'm sorry for that. And I think even the apology and kind of, you know, yeah. going back over that can really help us yeah, collaborate. Yeah, builds the relationship. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. So. Yeah, I think underneath all that, and this is what we learned, Father Pullis, as you mentioned, when we kind of lived in that Patrick Lencioni, you know, the five yeah. dysfunctions of a team. Yeah. We can mm-hmm. mention, you know, different books, but underneath all that is trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you build that trust, that's when you know that you can, you can share your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can share your difference of opinion. Yeah. yeah. You can dig into that, but I think it's cultivating that trust on a team mm-hmm. um, that's vital. And we look at that too in our own relationships with our family, with our children, with our parents. Mm-hmm. You know, we have that trust, and so we might be able to enter into some tough times a little bit more mm-hmm. um, because we know that there's the love there, there's the care there. Um, and mm-hmm. I agree with you that uh, I think, you know, I'm conflict avoidant. Yeah. Um, I By nature, I think a lot of us are. Sure. Um, and especially in ministry, people in the church. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But um, even, you know, I grew up kind of walking away from the table, so to speak. There's kind of a saying at home, like, don't run away from the kitchen table. You kind of got to deal with it. Yeah. So don't get up and just leave. We, we mm-hmm. have to enter into yeah. this. So yeah. so trying to not leave the table yeah. and enter into those challenges. But um, uh, bad news doesn't get better with age. <laughs> and so it's probably yeah. better that we can enter into those tough conversations and and try to do the best we can to you know resolve it and figure it out and find a way yeah absolutely i think one of the keys is learning to disagree well yeah um and i just one of my things is whenever i'm in a meeting and something's being discussed i i'm I'm such a facial cue person (laughs) so i'm always looking around i used to have a coworker whose face it would everything she was thinking would be right on her face so it was a i enjoyed it very much (laughs) because she didn't have to say and i already knew but I, I appreciate looking around and seeing the face that looks like, oh, I don't know about this, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to say anything, but I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And I just love uh, like finding a gentle way, either either in that setting or outside of it, to say like, hey, what what do you really think, you know? And trying sure. to make it safe for people yeah. to disagree, mm-hmm. I think has just been so fruitful for me. I mean, we were I was just in a meeting a few weeks ago, and we were going full steam in one direction, you know? Everybody's on board. I mean, we're throwing the coal in. <laughs> the, the train is moving fast, and. Anyway, then I noticed a face and I said, what do you think? 
He's like, I just don't know about this. And then he laid out some really important things that we had not considered and it changed it completely, you know, but I just, I think often it's the quiet ones who have, Mm. they have so much more that we need to hear. They have so much wisdom that isn't yet on the table. Sure. Um, Even if it's dissonant, I I really like hearing dissonant opinions as long as we can disagree well. Right. Right. And we're not making it about attacks or, or personal things or, you know, any of that. As, as I love when people can disagree well. I love it. Yeah. I try to be courageous in doing it myself, but I, I love when other people can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Beth, have you had yeah. experiences of collaboration, kind of things that have worked well? Or, I mean, it'd be more fun to talk about the things that don't yeah. always work well. But, I, yeah, those but well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I do think we have to give ourselves permission to have it be a little clunky. Because it's gonna, it it just is, right? The first time we do something, it's gonna be clunky. It's gonna be a learning curve for everybody involved. But hey, when you come back to the table the next time, it may not be so clunky. And we're gonna get some things a little bit better than the last year. So I think we have to give ourselves permission to kind of, all right, we're gonna have at this. Yeah. And it may not go exactly as we think, but that's okay. You know, God is good. We all have, you know, he is our mission. Um, we know where we're going, but uh, anyway, that was just yeah. And, and you know, you know, our experience, you're right? right? You're I'm, right. We're, our humble offerings. Sandy, my favorite experience <laughs> of that in the like um, technology world is the Elon Musk trying to land a rocket from SpaceX on a platform, which no <laughs> one does, right? Yeah. Like yeah. rockets crash into the ocean yeah. when they come back. Yeah. There's this great montage of him landing these rockets on this platform because mm-hmm. he sent, I don't know, thousands up, you know, mm-hmm. satellites are, and the rocket comes back after it launches and he's trying to land it. You know, he's not physically doing it. His company is. Yeah. And it crashes, it tips over, it br- it like explodes before it lands. There's like 20 of these different ones. Wow. And then finally you see it like wow. land, wobble, and fall over. And then finally wow. it lands, right? And now every rocket that goes up for SpaceX can wow. land on a bullseye. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, amazing. you know, thruster so that right. it, it lands right. gently. Right. And I was like, that's incredible, yeah. right? But it took all of these iterations of failure sure. to get to the point of being able to do something new. And you have to live yeah. through the clunkiness so in order true. to get where you need to go. So yeah. true. I, yeah. So here's a clunky, and then I'll give you a, what I learned. <laughs> so the clunky, I, so it was my last parish, and I really wanted to, I just felt burning in my heart the need for RCA to grow. It was just a call us in September. If yeah. it's not September, call us in September is the answer. And that's 11 months of <laughs> sure. I'm not available to help. Yeah. And so I, I kept, I had all these ideas and I kept coming alongside and what about this and what about that? And I could help with this. And, um, and the, the quote that I received back was it's good enough. Leave it alone. Mm. Get out of my space. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, that, that's really okay. inspiring. It was right? so inspiring. <laughs> but, and so at the time I thought, oh, this person's not receptive. But actually I have to look at myself too and say, I was coming on too strong. Maybe yeah. I didn't come alongside. I didn't listen. I didn't tell me the challenges. Tell me what you've learned. Tell me how we got to this. You know, I didn't do the listening and the trust yeah. building. Mm. I just was ready to fix it. Um, so then more recently at Shrine, we did something so beautiful right before the pandemic called, we had a prayer summit. As I was just like looking at all these, we have, you know, St. Therese, her thing is prayer. We have like 25 different prayer ministries, but none of them know what the other prayer ministries do. They don't know yeah. who's in each other. And and as they get smaller, 
they often kind of have a bit of a defeatist sense, like, oh, this prayer group used to have 20 people, now we only have seven or whatever. So anyway, we got together and all the different prayer groups led a part of the morning. And you could just see people's eyes, like just a, a like people's eyes open to hope, to sure. look around and see, oh my gosh, look at all these amazing people who are praying that like that God's will would be done, that are praying for like the conversion of the world and uh, so that was that mm. was pretty awesome because yeah. all the different groups had a hand in it. But the difference was that I went and built relationships with all those leaders. Yeah, I went to their groups and I prayed with them and I listened to them and I asked like, I tell me your heart. What do you want? What do you see? What do you need? Uh, and that's why there was a receptivity <laughs> and an openness to do something together. Yeah, right. So, yeah, right. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I think you know on our religious formation team, you know we yeah. meet on a weekly basis so we we have a regular cadence you know of meeting and um, part of what we love yes we pray together but we also problem solve and brainstorm together yeah mm -hmm. and so i think um i think those that regular cadence of meeting and being together praying mm -hmm. and then just sharing ideas and yeah. just hearing okay youth ministry okay sacraments okay you know this is going on yeah. in our arenas has been wonderful but um kind of thinking back to co collaboration um, we knew that when Unleash the Gospel launched and then the new religion curriculum yeah. launched, yeah. that's a lot. And that's big. It's a lot. And so, all right, we need more brains. Mm. Um, we we are we only have so much so much bandwidth, yeah, right? Right. And and so we mm -hmm. uh, started a religious formation leadership team. And nice. so these are other people involved in other ministries in the parish um, that help also guide you know what we do in religious formation and how we continue to vision religious formation yeah. in the context of unleash the gospel mm -hmm. so that has been a great collaboration too yeah, just sure. bringing in other minds mm -hmm. into the religious formation arena mm -hmm. and having input and guidance and that's been great as well well sandy one of the reasons we have people on as well and beth is so great at this is just to thank them for the work that they've done for the yeah, the way you have used your gifts and talents and your time and um, all that God has given to you to build up his kingdom. And mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, people working in the church don't get thanked as much as they should. So yeah. on behalf of the archdiocese, on behalf mm -hmm. of all the people who uh, who you have served and helped, we want to say thank you. Wow. Thanks for all you're doing to bless the church and help her grow. You know, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. And I always... Um, we are the holes in the flute. Mm. We are the vessels through which he works. Mm. And so God be praised. Amen. 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 This has been the Encounter Grow Witness podcast of the Archdiocese of Detroit, empowering uh, lay ministers to be better fishers of men together. Uh, be sure to subscribe, like, follow, tell everybody you know. Um, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found.